Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oil seed and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for tuning in to episode 186. The sustainability of wool as a fibre and as a production system in Australia is pretty well understood by those that are in the industry, but we can't expect that our end customers see that same story. Thankfully, there are those on a mission to provide the evidence and the data to back up the sustainability of our systems, and Ed Story is one of those people. He is president of Wool Producers Australia and fourth generation farmer from just outside of Yass in New South Wales, and it's our pleasure to have him with us on the podcast today to talk to the Trust in Australian Wool, the Sheep Sustainability Framework and why we need the whole supply chain from farmers to customers to finance providers to be confident that we have a transparent industry with a very important role to play in supplying food and fibre to the world. We'll get stuck into the episode in a moment, but first let's talk commodities and grain. The sentiment has definitely soured globally for ag commodities this week. The developing story is that a Turkish-administered export corridor from Ukraine through the Black Sea is gaining traction, and it's getting support with the UN very keen to disrupt the looming food and energy crisis. The wheat futures market has lost 54 Australian dollars per tonne in the last week as an example of that change in sentiment. And that's also been spurred on by some real progress in sowing pace for the spring wheat, corn and soybean crops in the US after a pretty slow start. So that news on the export corridor is the one we'll be watching in the next week. But coming back locally, Young cattle prices continue to firm up across the East Coast. Supply has increased in the last few weeks, but yardings are still travelling well below the same time last year, so anything on the market is very quickly finding a home. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll leave you with Ed Story and Robert Herman. Thanks for tuning in to Commodity Conversations. This week is brought to you by ProAdvice. ProAdvice offer tailored services to suit your accounting needs. They have a long history of working with farming families and they understand the day-to-day realities and challenges of farm life. Whether it be strategic and succession planning, improving your communication and decision making, or accounting services and business software solutions, ProAdvice will help your farm run more efficiently. Hop on their website or give them a call to find out more. Thanks Olivia, thanks for that update and thanks for the um, uh, introduction. today we're going to be talking wool. And uh, one of the exciting things that I've noticed just recently is that the wool industry has launched a campaign to convince customers that wool is a sustainable product and that the industry is accountable. Now this initiative or the initiative of this campaign is a result of Wool Producers Australia, which is the peak national policy and advocacy body for wool producers. And I'm joined today by the president of Wool Producers Australia, Ed Story. Ed, thanks for coming on Commodity Conversations. Oh, pleasure, Rob, and hello to you and all your listeners. Thanks very much. Now, th- this is a really interesting topic because um, sustainability is, is at the fore of all sorts of conversations now, and agriculture is trying to lead it. And, and wool producers, of which you lead, is, has started this initiative. Let's just talk about one of the first initiatives, that's all right, the Trust in Australian Wool Campaign. Ed, what's, what's behind it and what do you think what are you hoping to achieve? Sure, Rob. Well, look, look the, the Trust in Australian Wool campaign probably had its genesis oh, two or three years ago when we were actually at the 
IWTO conference in Venice and just prior to COVID. And one of the leading processes in the world said he thought our, our systems in Australia and the way we look after animals were, were very backward and basic. Uh, that was a surprise to us, um, th those comments. And it gave a clear indication, of particularly following a little more research and asking some more questions of, of others around the world, that the world didn't really know enough, we thought, about the systems and processes we use here in Australia, the regulatory framework, the the R&D we invest in, the, the systems administered by companies like AWEX and AWTA that give should give considerable confidence to our customers around the world about A, the quality of the fibre, B, how it's prepared, and C, how we look after our animals. Um, so we, we launched this project trying to collate a, a large amount of you know, stuff, for want of a better expression, that Australian wool growers do A, on a daily basis, and B, through, through their levies, um, and, and systems and disease prevention, um, welfare management programs that Australian growers pay for uh, and, and put in place. So we've tried to highlight that through, uh, as you said, the, a, a program we launched called Trust in Australian Wool. So I'm hearing the, um, the, the passion in your voice too, Ed, because um, you know this is a really important thing, but there would be people saying that this is something a supplier should have been doing to their customers for a long time. So have we got a bit of ground to catch up in that space? And, I, and, and before you answered that, I did, what caught my eye, Ed, was uh, the ABC put an, up an article online and, uh, and one of the quotes attributed to you was that you weren't going to be lectured by anyone in the city as to uh, your sustainability credentials. Just, just outline a little bit about the, the feelings and passion that uh, farmers have got about this space. Well, look, I think particularly talking about wool production systems, Rob, the you know, that's a system that fundamentally fits in very well with the Australian landscape. We know we have a highly variable climate. The last, particularly across Eastern Australia, the last two to three years have been high rainfall years. So producers are able to run a few more sheep uh, and, and you know, manage, manage things that way. When, when it doesn't rain, um, we've got systems now where we put them up in smaller paddocks feed them a little more intensely to let the pastures not come under so much stress and, and in broadly across our pastures run a few less sheep. Um, we're, not, we're not, you know, massively um, running monocultured farming systems like perhaps those in Europe. Uh, we're running a, a natural, it's a natural fibre uh, that is, you know, not creating microplastics across the world. It's not doing things like that. So on a big picture, um, our city cousins and and look i i think the, the the responsibility here is on industry you you know we shouldn't just expect our customers be they be they early stage processes be they brands that make clothes or be they the final consumer we shouldn't just expect that they think we're wonderful we've got to provide um uh the the evidence and the data that that backs that up and highlights these things demonstrate speak to our systems. I think AWI has done some good work in marketing our fibre over the years. Um, but I think there's a bit more to it than that. There's, there's you know, we, we are subject to uh, tough legislation in Australia. If you mistreat animals deliberately and are in breach of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, you can get prosecuted. And not being able to own sheep for a number of years is often the outcome of that. Uh, you, you know, we have, we have systems to ensure our wool quality is Great. We invest in, in R&D to impact worm, to reduce worm burdens, to do all that. And that's all grower funded. Um, so 
we have a responsibility uh, to to demonstrate and be very transparent with our customers. I think the transparency is the key. Um, it, it's we live in a very transparent world. You know, there's mobile phones, there's smart smart you know iPads, there's things. Information is instantaneous all over the world, pretty much. So to think that um, we might we might hide something or just not talk about it, and that may lead to us that may be the best strategy. That is very much no longer the case. Um, so Trust Australian Wool um, is transparency is our key key asset here and one of the best things the industry's got. So a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners are wool producers and a lot of them would say, well, the things you're talking about, we all know about. But it's not about talking to our people, is it? It's about uh, making sure that our customers uh, know about it. And, and as you mentioned, that IWTO conference would be a bit of a shock for somebody to, to challenge Australian production systems. The systems you're talking about, though, aren't just on farm, are they? We're talking about the whole system of, of how wool is treated uh, in Australia, how it's managed, how we trace it. Um, so it includes the, the selling system, the um, wool brokers, the exporters and everything. Is that right? Yeah, look, it does, Rob. Um, you, you're quite right. We, we think that, that many of these things wool growers do every day, you know, and we they're just a matter of course. You know, managing worm burdens in sheep, doing doing worm tests to actually understand what their levels are. There's a lot of science behind um, farming and growing wool these days. Um, so you're managing these risks ahead of when you get a catastrophic problem. Uh, you know, and what, what I think one of the things we came to understand was that just because we do things differently in Australia, um, unsurprisingly, not unlike not like European farming systems or northern hemisphere systems, you know. We need, to, we need to be transparent about that. For example, many farmers in Australia and wool growers would be um, not happy having their animals shedded for four to five months a year. But in England, Scotland, Europe, uh, that's very normal practice. And as it should be, they've got a different climate to us. Uh, we have, you know, uh, we're closer to free range in many of our production systems than they could ever be. Uh, and and you know how how that fits how the carbon story fits in and all that sort of thing and how how brokers work um, how how the auction system work the transparency and and the traceability uh, uh, you know the Australian industry again that's us have invested in a lot of this stuff it's not easy technology changes and we're trying to get um, a system that's both right for us um, because one of the things we have here in Australia is very few diseases um, in, in our sheep and if you you know for welfare outcomes. The introduction of an exotic disease could lead to catastrophic outcomes. So we are continually training, investing in systems to hopefully prevent, but in the event of us incurring, having an incursion, we're then able to deal with it quickly and efficiently with the best welfare outcomes for animals and having the least impact on them. So it's, it's absolutely multifaceted uh, across. And then, then if you get into things like microplastics and all those things, um, it's, it's wool is very well placed to be the sustainable fiber for the next 50 years. Now I want to, uh, I want to talk about another industry body that I suspect most Australian sheep farmers don't know about and that's, and, but it's a very important body and that's the Australian sheep sustainability framework. Ed, you, you were part of the driving or wool producers Australia along with sheep producers Australia were the drivers of putting this together. I understand. Just tell us who's responsible for it and what, and what is its role? Well, look, it's it's a it's a four-way partnership, Rob, which is often not the case in uh, 
sheep and, and wool industries in Australia, you, you often get people off doing their own tangential things that, that you know, near the twain shall meet. But we've got a great partnership now with uh, Wool Producers Australia, Sheep Producers Australia, which are the policy and advocacy bodies for wool and sheep, and MLA and AWI. The sustainability framework is... Uh, has just been launched last year. It's got, a, it's got a steering group. So those responsible, those four bodies are responsible for it. And what it's going to do, again, it's, a, it's another level of transparency. It's going to report about 60 to 70 metrics. It's going to update them each year and be transparent across the industry. For, and this is for our cons consumers, our customers, the brands that use wool, uh, wool, wool growers themselves, sheep producers, sheep meat producers. To understand where we sit in a framework, it's about us being transparent. We're going to report on four, as a broad section, we're going to report in four areas. How, how we look after our animals, how we look after our land, how we look after our people, and how we look after our businesses. You know, I think one of the things um, to invest in good health and welfare outcomes, good uh, environmental outcomes on our land, you know, fixing up soil erosion, planting trees, things like that, uh, you know, it's okay to make a profit. Um, and we've been upfront and transparent about that. Um, so I think it's not, the sheep sustainability framework won't be the single answer to every supply chain requirement. Uh, but as an industry, it's, uh, I think it's one of the better things we're doing. And, and it'll be, I think that'll become very, very evident in the future. For example, um, one of the key stakeholders we're engaging with is the finance sector, the domestic Australian banks that, in many cases, fund uh, wool growers to expand or to provide working capital. Um, we see that bank, the banking sector is, you know, ESG reporting is becoming critical to their uh, risk management profile and how they lend money. We're seeing, for example, some of the minerals, coal, things like that, coming under a bit of pressure in that space where banks are coming under pressure not to lend to those businesses. The Sheep Sustainability Framework is trying to get ahead of that, provide assurance to groups like banks that we are sustainable we're addressing areas in time that become apparent where we need to improve our performance and we're being transparent um, uh, about how we how we pay wages etc cetera, etc cetera, so that they can have confidence to as broadly speaking as an industry to provide us finance and that then applies to down supply chain finance as well that the, the wool industry, sheep and wool industry, are sustainable industries that have got a significant role to play in the future of food and fibre production across the globe. And I'm speaking to Ed Story, who's the um, president of Wool Producers Australia, on um, on Commodity Conversation today, and we're talking about sustainability, specifically for the wool and sheep industry here in Australia. I noticed, though, in, in doing some background reading. Ed, that the sheep sustainability framework has included the United Nations sustainability development goals. Just explain why that was important. Sure, Rob. Look, it's a it's a reference to it's a reference that others around the world can can put the, the sustainability framework in context. Um, I think the seventeen uh, what they call United Nations sustainable development goals that are the headline of each of those goals is quite wide in its scope when you look into each of those goals the standard definitions rules and guidelines are quite hard and, and quite complex so we don't at this stage meet um you know all those 17 but there's a number of things we're doing that address um, many of those con concerns and those goals so it's to provide context 
I think for our customers around the world who may have a more awareness, more, more, more awareness of those UN sustainability goals. For example, one of the things is, you know, I think rural and regional incomes, you know, to, to ensure that they're keeping pace and, and getting ahead of um, things so that people that live in rural and regional areas of Australia, Africa, you know, uh, Russia, America, wherever, are not continually falling behind. Yep. As the UN acknowledges that that's a that that's across the globe and all the different continents, that's a potential problem. So that's one of the things we're talking about: the profitability and resilience of our own businesses fit in quite neatly with some of that that language. So it's good to just put it in context. It gives a reference point for the rest of the world about the areas we, we're addressing. I think um, I think they're great initiatives, and they're obviously. I mean, one of the first things you think of is that um, you know, thank goodness we're doing this now. Um, and probably the second thing is, well, we should have been doing it for a long time. I guess your benchmark is going to be probably the next IWTO conference, Ed, where you go there and see if people are starting to understand and recognise the systems we have. Are you seeing any results or any feedback from uh, our, our uh, Northern Hemisphere customers yet? Look, look, early stage, with respect to trust in Australian wool project, Rob, we've, we've had very positive feedback. Um, we've got it translated into uh, a, a number of languages, Hindi, Mandarin. Um, we've had requests to trans translate it into French, uh, Italian and German, I understand. Um, and it's, it's that stuff, it's about giving them confidence because we, we, we're aware that um, every supply chain for every product, consumers, brands are, are, are increasingly aware of and want to understand the provenance. They want to understand where it came from. They want to understand um, the production system used to ensure there's no slave labour, to ensure, you know, things like that. Ensure we're not, you know, raping and pillaging the land for want of a better expression. Um, and our systems uh, are robust in Australia. In many cases, they're, and a classic example of that is the model of Animal Health Australia, which is a partnership with industry, the state governments and the federal government to manage health and welfare risks, prevent external exotic diseases coming in, to ensure we've got a robust biosecurity system um, as, as both industry and different levels of government have key partnerships to play there. We've had, we've had strong interest from the um, China Wool Textile Organisation out of the Nanjing Wool Market. are very keen to have a, um, next time we meet, they want a training module on, the, on our Trust Australian Wool Project so they can understand more about it. Uh, we've just sent through AWI, we've just sent a number of copies and some information up into Japan. Uh, AWI were keen for their um, team up there that engage with the brands in Japan. We've come to understand that their brands are very keen on understanding the provenance, the systems, uh, the, the way we grow our wool. Um, so, so we've had that. We've had good interests from Europe. Also, it's engaged our Ag Minister councillors around the world who've um, who've told us that they're thrilled because they've got a positive story now to tell. And when they are meeting with their counterparts in other governments and um, business groups in, in being in Malaysia or Japan or, or Brussels with the EU, it's, it's good to have a positive story and we can set out um, our agenda and explain our systems and be transparent about it. I think one of the, a great example of, where we need to, and you, you highlighted the point, Rob, we've got to be ahead of this game, is on the issue of sustainability. At a Wool Connect conference put on by the Schneider Group, I think in October last year, a, 
a leading Spanish retailer referred to one of the next issues they're inter interested in is the soil health of the farms that grow the wool they're using. Uh, and he, the, the gentleman described the metric they're going to use for that uh, singly is just the carbon levels in your soil. Well, I think most Australian wool growers know there's a lot more to soil health than just carbon levels. Mm. So it's a case of if we're not on the front foot reporting this stuff, being transparent, um, owning owning our own production systems and being proud of them and highlighting the areas where Australia, because Australian soil is different to European soil. Um, if we if we do nothing, the single metric by the trade will become the carbon level. So when we have a drought in Australia, uh, we might have some explaining to do. But we know that's the system we, in Australia. We have low rainfall years and high rainfall years. So it, it's why we need to be need to be on the front foot explaining and, and articulating to our customers that there's a lot more to soil health than just carbon. And that's just one example of why projects like the Trust in Australian Wool and the Sheep Sustainability Framework are vital for the future of the wool industry. Absolutely. And uh, Ed, you know, I, I congratulate you in, on leading wool producers and, and in these initiatives. Um, it's been fantastic to talk to you, but I, I'm really in, uh, enthused by the fact that we're talking about proactive programs. For too, too long in, in, over my time, we've sort of been chasing our tail a bit, trying to put out bushfires. This is great because it, it's identifying what our customers are going to be looking for in the future, what they're looking for now and what they're looking for in the future. And, and we're presenting that to them. And so that's got to be great for the wool industry. It's great for our sheep industry. Ed, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining us on Commodity Conversations. And, uh, and I hope the snow doesn't quite get to you today. No, cold day and yesterday, Rob. Thank you very much. And, and I hope that's provided some insight into the Trust in Australian Wool and Sheep Sustainability Framework programs. Absolutely. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening to another episode of Commodity Conversations. If you're looking for more detailed information on commodity markets, you can head to the Mercado website and pick up a premium subscription, which will give you full access to all our archive of reports, as well as all the fresh analysis as it's delivered and access to our team of analysts. Thanks again. And until next week, take care.